Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 119 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. What's up? Not we much. We had some technical issues that I have to just like preface to say we have we been duck, ducking and quacking at each other for yeah. a while. It, yes, we. We are all glad we're here, and we just spent 30 minutes trying to get here for you guys. So welcome to episode 119. We are 120 episodes in, and we still have technical difficulties We have sometimes. no idea what we're doing most of the time. <laughs> that is just a preface for our lives and parenting in general, which I think is a great way to, I don't know, set up this Yeah, you're in, you're in great hands. You're in great hands, guys. <laughs> um, today, now that we are here, we are talking about babysitters and caregivers and nannies. I can't people believe... people who help us figure yeah. out... What we're doing because we obviously need it a lot. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this is another one of those where I'm going to say, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. And of How course, it's something possible? that we've mentioned in the context of other Many topics, times. but we've never, never done an devoted episode. an entire episode to it, which is and we're, crazy. We're actually going to do two. We're going to break it up into part one, part two, because we've got a lot to talk about. So today we're just going to focus on the basics, kind of talk about how we've dealt with sitters and caregivers over the years, kind of give a little background and then talk about how to find good sitters and how to kind of know when you've got a good one and how we've sort of gotten better about that as time's gone on. So today, a little more general. Next week, we're going to really get into like working with the babysitters you have. How much do we pay them? How do we yes. communicate with them? Do we expect them to do dishes? All the really, the nitty gritty and how to help your kids do really well when you have a sitter. So the nitty gritty of when the sitter is in your house, that will be next week. So we'll do a little two part, which we like to do sometimes. So We do. All right. Which um, we would have done today, except uh, 
Um, uh, we totally blew half an hour yeah. trying to figure out our technology. And also I am crazy because I don't have a sitter currently <laughs> and I right. really need one. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. It's a day. It's a Sunday evening too, which it is, is a very Sunday strange a time for us so, to yeah, record. We're figuring stuff out. Thanks. Thanks for putting up with us guys. <laughs> um, also at the very end of today's episode, you will hear one of my segments with Katie, which I know you guys love because you always tell us how much you love those. And Katie and I have so much fun. So just listen all the way to the end and you will hear that as well. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. So now that we're, I feel a little more relaxed now. I feel Me like too. we're in the group. We just had like a very stressful <laughs> few minutes, but we're, we're over it now. We're moving in. We're like sing, you know, settling into our routine here. And uh, the alternative is not having a podcast on Tuesdays. And I don't think I, that would make no everyone sad. No, no one, one wants, wants that. that. So sometimes we're a little rough around the edges. Okay. Um, 
So before we get into this, I have to give a shout out to our friends, Amy and Margaret at the What Fresh Hell podcast, because this topic has been on our production calendar for a long time now, and they just had an episode come out on the same topic. So I love when great minds think alike. And of course, if you listen to their show, you know, they're way funnier than we are. They're like stand up comedians. Um, and so hold a candle to these. Ladies. No, but and, and they'll have a different take on things. But um, it's a great episode. It was very funny. Amy had a couple of horror stories about sitters and learning the hard way about a couple of things. So if you just want to binge on this topic, go check out the What Fresh Hell episode on the same topic. And I love that we had great minds thinking alike in the same timing of this. So, um, okay. So I have a question for you, Megan, and that is in 20 years of parenting almost, do you feel like you have found like a type, like a babysitter type Mm. that works really well for your personality and your family? That's kind of a big question, but I, 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 I thought that might help us kind of get into some of this. You know that no one's ever asked me that before, but I thought about it. And one of the things I think is really interesting is that every time I've known someone who's had like an older, like grandmotherly type babysitter, Mm -hmm. I have thought to myself that that would drive me up a tree. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want someone more experienced taking care of my kids. And I'm Mm -hmm. just saying this like as a total... Now, they would be great to have, like, you know, I used to work with midwives. I worked at a birth center for years um, when my kids were really little. And so I had granny types all around. And they loved nothing better than to rock my babies. And I got to bring my babies to work for a long time, which was awesome. And I would always have, like, a pair of arms wanting to hold them and rock them. But they also had a lot of opinions. And the older I've gotten, that was when I was a very young mom. I was, like, 25. Right. And you didn't have your mom right there near you. No. No. And so the older I've gotten... And the more confident as a mom I've gotten, the mm-hmm. more that type of scenario has not appealed to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it that way. I know it works for a lot of people, but for me that I feel like I'm, I kind of know what I want. I kind of know what my, um, I know what my parenting style is. I don't need a lot of validation in that regard. I don't want to have to explain how things are these days. Right. To a babysitter. And so I've always gone for younger. In fact, I really like really young sitters. I have had better luck with teen, like young teens than mm-hmm. I've had with older teens and young adults because I find that they're very eager. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they like very, to play. They're ve- they want to play. They want to do all that stuff that mm-hmm. like maybe mom doesn't always want to do. So yeah. I had like a, a lot of really good luck with like the 14, 15, 16 year old set. I think when they get a little older, sometimes they get into their own stuff, into their own academics, into their own activities, and they're not always as present. Yes. Which doesn't mean they're not very responsible, but they maybe aren't like a busy working mom with like lots of kids. Maybe what I want is really, I've already got all the other stuff figured out. Yes. I want someone to come play and pay attention. Oh, that's so, so, yeah, you said so many good things that I want to get into, which is like how you even know what kind of sitter works for you because it's so different in different phases. I have to say first on the older sitter type that I've only had a a quote unquote nanny once. And really it was just a part-time sitter, but I guess because she was on a regular schedule and I was working in an office, we called it, it was like a nanny arrangement, but she was only there, I think one day a week, one, and then two days a week, the next week. Can I be really honest, just to stop you really quick. I don't know. I still don't know the difference between a sitter and a nanny. I've been trying to figure it out. Well, yeah. I mean, we should talk about it. Like, I don't know. I can't help anyone because I don't know. 
I think of a nanny as someone who is employed for a longer term on a regular schedule. But at the same time, one of my babysitters, I had her on Friday mornings once a week for Violet for like two straight years. And I never called her a nanny. She was just my babysitter that was on a regular schedule. So there must be some gray, gray area. I also think nannies often are, are working part-time or full-time so that that is their main employment. So maybe it's a little more about how they identify. But anyway, we had Patty who was in her late sixties when we had her and she was a, um, like a professional night nurse. She was, she was actually a nurse's assistant at the hospital. And then she helped families with twins and triplets, um, at night overnight. So she was like a professional baby person and even with some medical training. So I found it, it wasn't so much the, does she know better? And like the grandmotherly type, it was more, I was very intimidated by how much she knew and how little I knew. And not on top of that, I wasn't very good at keeping a clean house. And she came into my house and I felt like she was sort of this, like, you know, she was like a no nonsense. She was great with Allegra. She was great with the baby, but I felt like, I remember the first time she, she came over, she vacuumed and that was not part of our arrangement. And I was so mortified because I felt like she came in and like judged my house. So it was, so maybe for different reasons than you, but that, that was very intimidating for me to have an older, an older person as the caregiver. That's interesting. Um, I've had good luck with, with, um, the young ones, but I think there's a season for that because I've also had times where I was in a bind and I had like a 14 year old from across the street, come watch all three of my kids over the dinner hour. And I want to say my kids were two, five and seven. Oh, yeah. I came and my two year old (laughs) is, you know, Violet, who everybody is familiar with. So she's like a full time. Like, I don't even know if the 14 year old could just handle Violet alone. So I I came home and I felt like my five and seven year old were basically parenting themselves, which thankfully they could. And the sitter was like deer in headlights. So I'm agreeing with you on the young ones, but I think, um, I think like if it was one baby or one toddler that can work really yeah. well or Maybe two like older kid kids, they're really yes. paying attention to and yeah, or a with. couple of yeah. older kids where they could play board games and stuff, but multiple small kids. I, every time I went into that situation, I found I was so nervous the whole time I was gone. Cause I just felt like they, they were probably in over their head. Cause I'm in over, I was in over my head as the parent half right. the time. So, yeah. um, we've had really good luck with some college age girls, but when I was listening to you talk about them getting into their own stuff a little bit, I think that's where you have to be really careful about the personality type and kind of what are they in it for? Um, you know, the, the college age girls that we've had that have been amazing are ones who are going to school for early childhood education, or maybe they want to become a teacher or maybe, I mean, they they clearly they're babysitting to make money, but they're also babysitting because they really genuinely love being around kids and sort of see this as like, a path to something. So I think, I think you're right. I think the older they get, the more you have to be a little choosier maybe about if, are they in it for the right reason or, or are they just, you know, there to yes. collect. Well, and it totally, you're right. It totally depends on the season of life for you. Uh, the season of care for your kids and like right now for Clara, who's 13 or who's sorry, eight, <laughs> like, she's 13. She's eight going on 13. <laughs> yeah. I had something else in mind. She's eight. Right. But all she wants is a big girl to yeah. pay attention to her. Yeah. So 12, 13, 14 year olds are perfect. Yeah. For her. Like honestly the best age. And, uh, and, and then anything beyond that is kind of like, that would be more like if there was an overnight situation or she had to be driven someplace yeah. or she, if she, when she was younger, 
she need more nurturing, right? Yeah. She just doesn't need as much. So now do yeah. you find that those, the really young ones, the 13, 14, even 15 year olds, I sometimes get awkward as like their employer because they are so awkward. They've never had a job or like they're not used to talking to adults other than maybe their parents and their teachers. I, yes. I have. So that always makes me, I get squirmy around them sometimes. Cause I feel like they are super, of course they want to please and they want to do a good job. It comes from a good place, but they can be really shy or yes. awkward when it comes and, to, I know we're not supposed to talk about pay and stuff, but like when it well, comes yeah, to that when it, kind of thing. Yeah. When it comes to that kind of stuff and even yeah. like, yeah, even just making conversation, like I find that I don't mind small talk with anybody but I find the small talk really awkward <laughs> so I do I feel like I'm I'm a much better rapport with again the like I w- I'm gonna say 19 to 22 year olds like the college age but oh okay I don't know yeah yeah no I can totally see that I, I and at this age I don't really care about my rapport <laughs> like, yeah I know there are times when I've had f- and it also depends where you're getting your sitters from so remember that I live in Mayberry yeah and <laughs> Not literally Mayberry, but we joke about the place that I live and call it Mayberry. And a lot of younger people that I'd have come babysit Clara, and I'm putting babysit like you. I wish you could see how hard I'm making air quotes right <laughs> the now. The air quotes are large. They're in large. Uh, they are strong with me, and it's because these are people who I know have yeah. teenagers. Who I'm like, would your kid yeah. play with my kid for a few hours? And um. I don't interact with the kids. Like when they come in, Clara actually said to me, uh, my friend Julie has a daughter named Ona who is 13. And maybe she actually may be just shy of 13. And okay. Clara, she comes over to play with Clara. Now, yeah. the, all the other kids are in the house. There's two teenagers. One of yeah. them is an adult in the house. Yeah. So Clara's just really being played with. And Clara says, I feel like you're just paying her to be my friend. <laughs> and I was like, well, to be fair, I'm not paying her very much. But also... Yeah. That's kind of true, but she's more responsibility. I want her to yeah. take it seriously. Yeah. She is there to hang with you and, you know, make sure everything's okay and text me if things are going wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have a huge expectation of her to negotiate right. or anything. And neither right. does she with me. The, the expectations are very low right. on both sides. And I've obviously had situations where I needed more proactive professional care like yeah. the sitter we had last year in the mornings yes basically my lifeline when i right. started this new job yeah and was someone who came in every um three mornings a week and took care of my kids from 6 30 until 8 30 and made sure their lunches were packed and got them off to school and made sure that if their homework wasn't done when they she got there that it got done and cleaned the kitchen that was such a different level yes. of care and required yeah. someone who could negotiate and talk to me and yeah and have a relationship with you. Yeah, yeah that, very, very that totally makes sense. So I guess what we've landed on is the, the quote unquote type of babysitter that works is highly dependent on what you need. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it just I think over time you kind of I know I have developed a more comfort level with what I need and where to get them. So let's start to get into where to find these lovely young yes. people. OK, um, so I just wrote down like a few a few tips Um and the first one is may seem obvious, but ask around because yeah, I, no matter what, no matter how great the internet brings us closer together and there are awesome services and we can get into some of those, but I feel like sitter needs change so quickly. So the person that was great last summer now is studying abroad and the person that's what I find is like the, there's such cycles of availability of people. So you kind of have to ask around like who's got who knows someone who is available now and might yes. be looking for a few hours a week or just date nights. Um, and maybe we should even back up and kind of 
say that it's great to know what you're looking for. Um, you know, if you don't need a nanny situation or a regular schedule or like what you had last year with the morning thing, I still think it's really great to have a couple people you can call for an evening or a day. Yes. And, um, and I know I had a hard time finding daytime sitters during the school year because the high school kids are in school. Um, the college, that's why I think why I did have good luck with college girls because their, their schedules were sometimes flexible. They might be in college locally, but you know, college schedules sort of, you might not have class every minute of every day. Um, and then a lot of the ones who do a lot of babysitting were already employed as nannies. So I had a hard time finding occasional daytime babysitting for, for quite a while. So just, I, I think just keep asking, ask your friends, ask on, ask on Facebook, ask, you know, ask moms who maybe are a little ahead of you and are using more sitters if you're not I don't know do you have anything to add there well no I think that your point of having a few people to call on is so important and I would also say be super proactive because this is going to sound like a really dumb thing and I'm sure not many people who are listening are pregnant and don't have any babies yet <laughs> but if you are if you're pregnant right now and don't have any babies yet Take like a tenth of the time that you're using to obsess about stuff like when you're going to go into labor and like, I don't know what bottle you should buy yeah. or whatever, what cloth diaper is best and invest that in talking to some young women yeah, <laughs> or men and figuring out a childcare situation. Cause I'll tell you what, it's never going to get easier. And that's one no. thing that when I found myself paralyzed with almost all of my kids, I don't think it was really until Clara that I figured out that if you don't have some options lined up ahead of time, yes. before you have a baby, you are not going to figure it out when you have a three-month-old. Yeah. You suddenly have a, an urge to go out on a Friday with your husband. You're not going to figure You know, that's yeah. the worst time. Yeah. That's when it's the most work. So try to do that ahead of time and maybe ask friends to help you make it easy on yourself. And that's thing, something I think, you know, we've always talked about, we just had an episode about this a couple weeks ago when we were together in California about... Yeah ways to help a new mom. And one yeah. of the ways I think moms can help each other is by giving those recommendations. And yeah. I think that, but you still have to ask, you have to ask far enough ahead of time to actually make a plan. Yeah. And yeah. I would even go so far as to say, if you don't have immediate sitter needs, um, invent some, like whether it's, you know, even fair, even, even if money's tight and once a week is not an option every couple weeks or once a month where you practice getting a sitter, leaving your kids with a sitter. Yeah. This is something, and I kind of meant to actually talk about this in our overview and I jumped right in, but I was really, really terrible at this from the time my second baby was born. So 2010 until we moved here late 2014. And I found my amazing sitter right away here. So for four years, I did not have anyone. I had two little kids and then three little kids. And my parents lived in town sometimes, but they were like, they would like not live in town for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And I had no, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I had no sitters, but every time I got a sitter, I was scrambling and it was somebody I didn't know very well. And I was having to start over and, you know, explain how to care for my kids. And my kids were really little. They weren't talking yet. So I really had to sort of walk somebody through. And I had so, it was so stressful. And I just wish it looking back, I wish I had had like gotten two or three people and had them more often so that it just yes. wasn't as big a deal. That's the part, you know, and I think there's a lot of maybe guilt for moms who are staying at home full time that now you're spending money on childcare when you are in fact, you know, the primary caregiver, maybe there's some of that, or maybe you're working full time and your kids are in full time daycare. And then it's the thing like, well, 
I shouldn't need childcare on top of that because right, they're already yes. in daycare. So on either end of the spectrum, ends, yeah. yeah, we can talk ourselves into this like, well, I don't really need it very often. But if you don't need it very often, it's super stressful to get it when you need it. I think that's kind of what you were starting to say. And then I jumped in on you. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, I, I kind of feel like, Sarah, I feel like we should both kind of just be, um, I don't know, upfront that that really you are probably the only of the two of us who've had a true well that's not true i did have a daycare situation that lasted about a year and a half when my oldest kids were little mm -hmm. but i haven't really had um a more traditional full-time working mom child care babysitter situation in a very long time right so things may have changed so i'm coming at this from a perspective that some working moms may not understand because they don't have their kids all in school or right. teenagers in the house to, right. to watch them. And I know you did have a more traditional daycare situation and maybe that's not exactly what we're talking about right now, but that's part of the situation as well. That's yeah. part of the, yeah. the topic. Part, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about a couple more ways to find these people. One thing I wrote down, these people, these wonderful sitters, those people. Um, one thing I wrote down that I learned was the high school girls who volunteer to work in the church nurseries are oh, yeah. prime babysitter material. Yeah, they, they, really, they like it. They, they, they really love like it. it. <laughs> and they, I think a lot of churches, you have to maybe be 14 or you have to have taken a babysitter's class. So they're, they're old enough to babysit and they are already learning and maybe even have done some CPR training or those types of things to work in the church nursery. Um, and there's usually a bunch of them and often they are friends with each other because it's a church community or whatever. Right. So if you are, um, have that type of community accessible, or even if you have friends who do the, the friends I know who kind of tapped that mine would just had like endless babysitters. Cause if one wasn't available, another one was, and they're right. often young teenagers. So then you sort of grow with them as they move through high school and they're probably right there in your town. And so that is, if you haven't thought about that one, that's a good one. That's actually a very genius tip. I would also add to that. Um, anybody who is an older sibling and, and here's a problem. Actually, any sibling in a family with multiple kids, I feel like gets it. Mm -hmm. But I think the older siblings might not want to get it because they don't want to be around other people's kids. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is something really reassuring about having someone in your house who doesn't need a lot of handholding yes. as far as like what it's like to wrangle a toddler or change a yeah, diaper. Yeah, I think that's what I was whatever. trying to get at when I said that it's sometimes awkward is it, they don't have, is that, is that was the feeling I was getting with some of the younger teenagers was that it was sort of foreign to them and I had to like orient them to this is right. what <laughs> it's like to be in a house. So I totally hear what you're saying. If they are an older sibling or have helped in the church nursery or whatever, that they're a little more familiar. Yeah, absolutely. And those church nursery girls, I was one of those you were one a church of them. nursery girl when I was little or not little, but like, you know, an yeah. adolescent, young adolescent. And yeah, I, why volunteer in the church nursery unless you love children yeah. and want to play with them? So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, one of my tips was to stock good babysitters when you see them out in the world, because that is how I found. So can, you, can you please yeah. um, give details about how yeah. did you stock them? So, no, I didn't stock her very hard. I kind of followed her around the playground. So Erin is our favorite babysitter. She's been with me since we moved here. So over three years and we were down at the park very shortly after we moved here. And I, she, I noticed this sitter with these two little kids who now are my neighbors and I know them, but I didn't know these kids at the time. And they were a pretty high energy, like a two-year-old and a four-year-old, similar to a couple of my kids at the, at that time. And I remember being so impressed with how this 
young person was handling these two kids. And Erin looks young for her age. She's, I think she was like 20 at the time, but looked much younger and yet spoke to these two little kids and handled them like she was a mom. I was like, what, what is she? Like, what are you? And I kind of like made small talk with her and tried to be friendly and said, we just moved here. And of course she lived in the neighborhood. The kids she was babysitting lived in the neighborhood. And I got her phone number before I left the park. And I think I was just sort of, I was turning over a new leaf because we just moved here and I didn't want to be stuck without options. And I didn't know a lot of moms here to ask. So I just followed her around and asked her and she is to this day our favorite babysitter. So Mm -hmm. you can, you can, if you see them out in the, in the wild, you can just ask. I mean, I don't think it's nice to poach other people's sitters, but you can say, do you babysit often? (laughs) Like, do you, do you work for lots of families? You know, obviously like you don't have to take them. I've had people, I've honestly had people who have been like, when I told them about Caroline, who was our sitter last year, who unfortunately got a like real job and now and is in school now and isn't available this year. Um, to take care of my kids in the morning. So I'm handling it for now. Um, But people would say to me like, Oh, I really like the situation you got there. And they would kind of come in kind of like a little slide. Yeah. And finally I was like, she's mine back off. Yeah. (laughs) She's not up for, uh, she's not, she is mine. I know. And that's, that is another vote for having some kind of a regular schedule, whether it's, you know, a date night once a month, or because if you find those ones you like, if they are open to being on a regular schedule and, and it works for you, then you lock them in, you know, even if it's like not many hours, but just something regular. And that's how it always was with Aaron. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so to just to talk more about Caroline, who yeah. is this fantastic sitter we had for the whole school year last year and was great. And really during a time, uh, and I didn't talk about this when I first talk, talked about Caroline because I hadn't really kind of come out with it, but that was right when I was separating. And so it was like the very beginning of sort of my divorce journey process right. or whatever. I needed that stabilization so much. Like I really needed someone in my house every morning making sure those things were taken care of. Yeah. I wasn't in a position to always do it. And I was, had a lot of anxiety. There's just a lot going on yeah. and I needed that. And I found her on care.com and it was fantastic. I know care.com has yeah. been a, um, a sponsor of ours. And yeah. We're going to work with them gonna, again coming yeah, up this fall. But yeah. I really believe in that service because it was so, it made it so easy. Like I didn't yeah. have to think too hard. I didn't know anyone off the top of my head who was in a position of, being able to come watch someone's kids in their home like yeah. super early in the morning three days yeah. a week. I just didn't have that connection yeah. to any real people in real life. And so that just put me in touch with someone and she was great. And I, I was also, the other thing I liked about care.com was when you put something in a job description in that way, you can be really clear about what you want and you yeah. don't have to have that awkward conversation with someone who maybe isn't great at right. negotiating or whatever. Right. So you know, when I sat down with Caroline, I didn't really have to say, so what I want you to do is do the dishes and pack the kids' lunch. Right. She already knew that. Yeah, you said it as a job. Yeah, that's so. That's such a good point. That's the such a good point. pay was in the job description. Yeah. Everything was there. She knew exactly yeah. what I wanted. And I, so I got to kind of avoid all that pre-talk yeah. and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it was nice. Yeah. And there, I know there are other services as well, but Care.com yeah, was the one I've used several times. Yeah, there are some. And I know people who've had really good luck. I know people who, you know, maybe don't use them every time. But just when you're kind of when your well of available sitters gets low, you hit up right. one of those services. Um, I'm going to shout out to a service called Busy Bees. And I think it's in Arizona only. So it's sort of Arizona specific. But just because I happen to know people and it is a little different. It is on demand. It's kind of like the Uber. You know how everything is the Uber of whatever. The yeah. <laughs> Uber of childcare in that they employ the sitter. So it's different than a matchmaking service. It is, they have sitters. I shouldn't say they employ them, but it's a little more like they will dispatch a sitter to you um, almost on demand. 
So like really, um, like real time request a sitter and then all their people are background checked. And I won't say much more cause I'm not super read up on the service, but my Arizona friends are obsessed. They love it. And they, they arrive like the sitters arrive, like in a busy bees t-shirt, like a branded. So it's really like, it's kind of like its own thing. Um, oh, and it's all like on a cool. mobile app, like the, like the young people nice. do everything on their phone. So, yeah. Um, so there's probably things like that cropping up too, where it's like, truly on demand even if it's just yeah. a one-off and it's somebody who's background checked and you know one thing i will also say i'm just going to throw this in here and i have not personally used one in a long time but when we lived in minneapolis i do remember using a drop-in babysitting like mm-hmm. almost like a drop-in daycare yep yep a few times and i have to say that was at a time when i was like solely stay-at-home mom i had no i didn't know anyone in town i didn't know any sitters and just sometimes to have two hours to drop my very active toddler yeah. and preschooler off and let them run around and just go nuts um, was kind of a lifesaver. Yeah. And I could go grocery shopping or go to the library yeah. <laughs> with a bookstore or whatever. I didn't usually use it. I would usually stop like in the middle of the day and use it like right before their nap or whatever. And right. Just let them run themselves ragged. And at that time it was kind of expensive as sitters at like yeah. sitters go, but the kids were always super excited to go. That was the other yeah. thing that, like really loved it. And yeah, I don't even know if there's chains. I, I bet yeah. there are. I remember there were a few in Arizona and I want to say you had to be potty trained, which seems weird. So I don't think the ones that we had access to were really geared toward, they were more preschool and up. Yeah, um, and this my, one definitely you could go there without being potty trained. Yeah. I had like a separate area for potty trained. Yeah. This like, one, I'm pretty sure they didn't change diapers. Yeah. So it was a little bit more of a big kid thing, but yeah. And, and again, we come back to explore those options and give them a try before you really need them so that when yes. you really need them, you don't have to fill the paperwork out or look up, you know, you just, it's just there available. It's in your arsenal. So, and I always found I had kids who sometimes were stressed about being left with sitters, and something about being taken to a fun place and dropped yeah. off felt different. Yeah, like that to them was like playland. Like they almost didn't even notice that I was leaving. Right, right. Because it was right. like, what? There's all this cool stuff to do. It wasn't the yeah. same as like, oh, this strange person showed up in my house, and now mom's walking out the door. I'm, yeah, I'm really Very glad you brought feeling. those up because I had kind of forgotten. And they are probably inconsistently available in different cities, just depending. But if yeah, right. if that's an option, check it out. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals Collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? 
Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So a little more on sitters before we wrap up here. Um, and we've talked about my first note here, which was why, why put the time and effort into having babysitters when you're either staying home full time or maybe working full time and already have a daycare or nanny situation. Um, so let's just continue with this topic a little bit more. Um, and I mentioned that I had a really, really hard time with this in those years when I had two little and then three little kids. And it just felt like I was always behind the eight ball. Every time I would get a sitter, I felt like I didn't know them very well. I felt like I had to really hold their hand, just like you said. Um, and I would kind of get worked up about it and then it would, it would go okay. It would go fine. And then I was back to square one. So I just, I guess I'm hoping our listeners don't learn from my mistakes and, um, create some kind of structure or community where getting a babysitter isn't a big deal. I don't know. Do you think I'm crazy? I just made it a really big deal for no, no, a long no. time. I totally don't think you're crazy. Unfortunately, I feel like this is going to be one of those like do as I say, not as I yeah. situations <laughs> yeah. because I was terrible about this. Like I always waited until the most desperate moment or yeah. didn't do it at all. And then was just desperate Yeah, <laughs> without, without any kind of relief. Um, no, totally. Like, yes, do it. Get on it. it, it I know it's, have a few and I don't know, just be proactive. I guess yeah. that's the word I had to use is just be proactive because you'll always, there'll never be a time that it gets easier to think about childcare than when you don't yet need it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefits uh, for the kids as well to have it be something that is not a big deal and happens more often. I mean, everybody's situation is different. And if you have family close by um, and the grandparents are the, you know, the babysitters or the caregivers or your backup babysitters, that's awesome. Um, but I do think it's it's good for kids. And next week, when we really get into making the sitter experience successful, we'll talk more about like separation anxiety and all that. But one of the things that offsets some of that in kids is just having it be not a big yes. deal and having it be something that happens regularly. And that's what I was just not very good at. I think I wasn't so. either. And honestly, the other thing about that is when you say you had a sitter, a standing sitter every Friday night from seven to 10 or whatever, you don't ever have to think about it. You right. know, they're coming. The kids know they're coming. Yeah. They know they're coming. Yep. Everybody's on the very, on the same page and it's very clear. Otherwise it ends up being this thing. Like you get desperate. Like, yeah. I got to get out of here. I have to do something. Call someone. I don't care who. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then exactly. it becomes like that, you know, like your situation with the sitter that, I don't know why that probably happened because I made yes. you do something work related. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a back to school night and everyone steals yes. all the babysitters because they all have the same back to school oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's always good to think ahead about that stuff because no one wants to be the last minute babysitter. No one yeah. wants to be the kids 
who suddenly have a sitter thrown at them and no and no parent wants to be scrambling to figure it out out of desperation at four o'clock. So the more regular you can make it and, yeah. and have a couple of regulars. And, and have a couple. Like, yeah. You know, this is the kind of thing too that takes work. And we've talked about this before. Like sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself. Yeah. And we've talked about this with um, training kids how to do chores, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier just to do the chores yourself. Yep. But it's only easier today. Mm-hmm. It's not easier over a month or two months or a year to do it yourself. Yep. Agreed. And yeah, so that's absolutely still the, the case. Yeah. The other thing that I have really experienced now that we have been in more regular practice with sitters and we have more than one that I really trust and that I could call if one isn't available is the more you do that, your options open up for using those sitters for even more involved stuff. So Aaron has stayed overnight with my kids, which I would never have done if I if someone just told me you have to go find a sitter to stay overnight with your kids. I That would have felt like a big deal. But Aaron had been watching my kids for three years and had been in my house and had driven my car. So another part of being in a regular practice and developing those relationships is you, you can start to give more and more responsibility. I mean, I didn't give Aaron the keys to my car and have her drive my kids around right away. But over time, that was a no brainer for me. She could take them to the library if, if it was a long day and they were bored or whatever. So um, and just to reiterate, having more than one, because I think we can get in the same, the same problem of having no sitters is having only one sitter that you yes. really like and that your kids <laughs> yeah. really like. And then after that, and I, and actually in Arizona, we did have that for a little while. We had like one. And if she wasn't available, then you're back to none. So rotating a little bit, letting the kids know they're not always going to get their favorite sitter. There's pros and cons, you know, sometimes you have the young ones and sometimes so, um, yeah, I just think having having a few in your back pocket is great. Um, I thought we could talk briefly before we finish up about other creative arrangements. And I feel like you have shared really good ideas about this over time. Well, you talk, yes. you talked a little bit about Clara's situation, <laughs> yes. which is like, like almost a helper. like a mother's yeah. helper. Um, and She's I sit her, but I wouldn't leave her alone with Clara if there weren't other older kids. In right. the house. And I also wouldn't leave her there with a younger kid. So it's much more like a mother's helper situation. And you could have mother's helpers with when you have a new baby, if you have, old, you know, somebody yes. to come help play with the yep. younger siblings. And, well. and I think if you're home and not napping, or anything I think a mother's helper could be as young as nine or ten anybody who can play you know Allegra would be a great I mean yeah yeah sometimes you can employ an older sibling to do that but the problem is sometimes that gets old and they don't want to do that and it's nice to mix it up a little bit and sometimes having someone from outside of the family they're a little more eager a little more invested I guess and maybe their pay is like an ice cream cone it's not necessarily like they're getting like paid good money they just they feel like important and they take it more seriously right Um, another thing that we've done a lot with our friends recently is hired um more than one sitter to handle groups of kids and this tends to happen like on holidays or big events where we have like all the kids at one family's house and then all the adults at the other house Mm -hmm. Uh, we've also done things before because my group of friends has a lot of kids and so we've broken them up into boys and girls not because of gender necessarily but because it just so happens that in our group's the boys are all older okay. and the girls are all younger. Right. For whatever reason. I don't even, I don't know why. But the boys, the youngest boy is like, um, well, not the youngest. There's one who who plays with the girls quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my friend Missy's son, Sam. He's Clara's age. But like most of the boys are 10 and up. Okay. And most of the girls are nine and younger. And so it just works out. We split them into two houses. Right. And then the third house is where all the adults go. So we've done that kind of a lot, actually. Um, and that works really well. And, and sometimes when you group the kids by age and 
um, ability almost. Like you mm-hmm. can have younger, like you can decide which group of which sitter yeah. is the right appropriate sitter yep. for each group. Yeah. So for the girls, it's like the one who will do their hair. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure they go to bed on time. And for yep. the boys, it's the one who will feed them snacks and. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the like multiple sitters for a big group. And I've seen it work really well at um, large parties, like say it's a holiday party or somebody like you kind of said that, but where maybe everybody's even still in the same house, like the but the adults just want to enjoy their time and have a couple of sitters take, especially if you have really little kids, put on a movie for them, make sure they've got what they need, put them in their pajamas, maybe put little kids to bed and a pack and play or whatever. I've seen that work really well. It's also a good way to, I think, test drive some of those younger sitters. If you have neighbor girls who've wanted to babysit and you haven't left them alone yet, you could do it in that kind of a setting. I've also seen it work where the sitters are siblings. So maybe there's an older teenager who's super responsible and she brings along her 13 year old sister for backup, but between the two of them, they can handle the group. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like the whole thing, um, it allows for so much flexibility and, um, yeah, it just can work great for a lot of, like you said, holiday parties and that kind of thing. Um, I know you have done a lot of like scheduled or regular trades with neighbors or friends. Like you got through years of your freelance working life doing that. Yes. So for years, my, oh my gosh, I've had so many different arrangements. Um, (laughs) For years, my sister and I had an informal trade. Then it got much more formal. Um, my friend Melissa, Melissa, Missy, and I had a thing where she took Clara two days a week, and I took her son Sam two days a week. And then one day we just head off. Um, and that was usually the day we would all like just hang out together and complain yeah. about how rough our weeks were. <laughs> um, and and so and then also we would each we each had a kinder, I want to say a kindergarten or a first grader at the same time, and they had half days at the time. So right. like we would have to like do the half day pickup yes. as well. And yeah, it was totally fine. Like it was stressful, but it was so much better than having nothing. And yeah. one of us could really afford full time or yeah. even part time daycare at the time. Yeah. Um, my brother and I also did that for a couple of years where yeah. I don't even remember now what our arrangement was, but he was staying at home, working from home and, yeah. and taking care of his kids. And we were just, just kind of winging it. Like yeah. I'd have his kids one whole day and he'd have mine. Or sometimes I'd have his kids one day, he'd have mine one day. And then we had a shared sitter that we would split. Oh, that's yeah. That, the rest that of the time. So we got really flexible and yeah. really creative and it just goes to show you there's always a solution. Yeah. If you can think outside the box a little bit. Yep. And we really didn't. And not every solution was great. I mean, sometimes it was <laughs> not good. We had one sitter who was terrible. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it. she just wasn't really quick on the uptake. Yeah. And looking back, like that was when, you know, I had stuff that got trashed in my house because she just, I think she was overwhelmed and let the yeah. kids just trash things yeah. and stuff. And you live and learn. That happens. Yeah, sometimes. you definitely sometimes live and learn. Sometimes it's going to happen. It is. And I I think one thing, if I could go back and we're going to wrap up here, but if I could go back and like tell that self of mine that was so kind of worried about finding the right sitter or just didn't want to get into it is like, there's the worst that could happen. Of course, we all know the worst, worst that could happen. Like, let's not go, let's not go there with our imagination, but in reality, the worst, the mostly worst case scenario is that, like you said, the sitter's not really on the ball. The kids trash the house, the baby cries. Um, we all, we all live through it. It was very, it's annoying, but you can deal with it. Like, My house got messed up. My kitchen yeah. didn't get cleaned. Uh, the diaper didn't get changed when I thought yeah. it should have. Like, stuff yeah. like that. It was never stuff that was, like, tragically bad. It was right. just, it was, like, rookie mistakes that yeah. I was annoyed for paying for. Yeah. 
but not really that big of a deal in my and in hindsight and it was still worth it and the kids are all right that's the other kids are all right right. um so yeah i i think we're ready to wrap up um but i'm excited for next week so next week we're going to really get into like now the sitter's at your front door or in your foyer and you've got to leave which is one of the hardest parts like you the kid my kids are my kids love sitters but they get super loud and like everyone wants to talk at once and i'm like can i just talk to the sitter for 30 seconds and walk out the door um so you got to actually leave you gotta make sure everything goes okay while you're gone you gotta pay them when you get back so we're gonna talk a little bit more about all those kinds of details once you have found your sitters i think that's gonna be fun um so stay with us because you'll hear katie and i in just a second Um, yeah and also, if anybody missed it, we aired our we aired the episode we recorded at our live show. So it's we sort of snuck it in as a bonus. It aired Friday, September first, so a couple weeks ago now. Um, and of course, it was so much fun because you can hear our live audience. But it's also a really, really good episode about how to help a new mom and what kind of help we wish we would have had as a new mom. So if you missed that or if you saw it and thought maybe it wasn't for you because you weren't there, definitely go give it a listen. It was a really, really very special evening and fun. The episode turned out great, I think. Yeah, I do think. I think so, too. So Awesome. All right. Well, we will be back next week and stick with us for Katie coming up. Hey, guys. I'm here with Katie Addis. Hey, Katie. Hey, Sarah. Hey, guys. And this is Sarah, if I didn't say that. Um, So we are back for one of Katie's new mom segments. She pops on with me once a month or so to talk about life as a mom of a toddler and a baby like we know so many of you out there are dealing with those same circumstances. So Katie's got for us a struggle that she's going through right now, a recent discovery and a success. So what have you got? Okay, so first of all, I'm con- I'm concerned about how long that baby label is going to stick. Yeah, like, how like, much longer will Luke be considered a baby? But yeah, based on my struggle, a you while. guys will be like, oh, he's a baby, he is a baby. He for sure, is a baby. <laughs> yes. So my struggle is that Luke hates his car seat still, and he is eleven. He'll be a year by the time this airs, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah he still hates it, and he will still get in these little um spurts of just crying inconsolably for i mean if he you know reaches this point in the car and we're let's say halfway there we will for the rest of the journey be listening to him scream at an escalated level that you just would not believe like a wild man just tortured miserable baby which makes for a miserable it's so miserable and you guys we're gonna play you a little bit of it because katie came prepared with a sampling of luke's car screaming okay here we go oh my gosh that makes me like so stressed out just listening to it i am so sorry does it give you ptsd yeah it does give me ptsd i mean so i had one car screamer and it was violet and, but it was zero to six months and it just stopped at six months. So, but it was every car ride, no matter what, no matter, like all the time. I didn't, I almost didn't leave my house. It was oh, my I was third say, baby. You yeah. must have just. It was, I had, I had a, one in kindergarten and one in preschool. So I had short drives to and from school, but 
I just didn't really go anywhere else. I bet. Yeah. Or I would wear her. But anyway, I don't want to take over the conversation because she was, she did stop at six months and Luke is a year. So. Yes. And that's exactly. It's been going on this whole time. This whole time. In fact, I I have another clip that I will not play you. I will (laughs) spare all of our listeners ears, but from newborn and the only difference is the newborn pitch versus the I'm almost a toddler, but I hate my car seat just as much. And I'm going to scream just I'm like sweating. I'm sweating murder. just thinking about it. It's so stressful. Well, okay. So here's a question. Can you flip him around? I mean, he's big. Can well, you that's flip what him Kyle keeps earlier? saying. I mean, <laughs> okay. Don't, don't do what I say, listeners. You're supposed to wait till two. But when I was a new mom, it was one year and 20 pounds. Yeah. Kyle keeps saying, my husband, he keeps saying the answer to Luke's problems are he just needs to see what's going on. He just yeah. needs to be part of the party and, and included. And I mean, we maybe thought originally his problem was a temperature thing. Yeah. Like, oh, once we get that minivan yeah. and he can have a vent yeah. directly at him, he won't get so hot yeah. because he he runs very warm. And when yeah. he gets in one of these crying fits, he's all sweaty and oh, super yeah. sweaty. His hair's all matted. He's all red and drooling and his onesie is wet. And I mean, I'm not feeling sorry for him. I'm feeling sorry for you. This is torture. I feel, it is it's torture. torture. It is. It is total torture. I'm so sorry. I did not know you were going through that yes and so it it literally takes long car rides out of the equation in fact we um my sister and I took a road trip about a four hour road trip that ended up being double that eight hours because we had to stop in intervals to give him a break to give us a break and that was his test to see if he could make a longer road trip because we take an annual family trip typically up to Lake Tahoe Mm -hmm. which is about an eight to ten hour drive and he failed he failed he failed failed. you failed so you're you're fired you are fired from car seat baby I know voted voted out of the car off the island (laughs) um so you know what we will be doing i will be flying with luke for the 45 minute flight up to the bay area and kyle and annalee will be driving along with his sister and um her husband and we will meet them there my gosh i'm so sorry i really don't have much to say but maybe our listeners do help katie out I mean, I just had to wait it out, but again, mine was six months, not a year, so. Or if nothing else, be, you know, have heart, take heart in his screams, because if your baby reaches levels that you thought yeah. were unparalleled. Or you think that they're dying. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not. They're other they won't remember there. it. They won't be scarred for life. You oh will be. Goodness. So save the money for your own therapy, because <laughs> it is way harder on mom, I promise. I know. Or grocery bills. Luke is, on my, Luke is on my bad list right now. Okay, so moving on. Okay, moving on. So my discovery is fun. It is a Netflix oh. film, and I bring this up. It's not kid-centered, but it is indirectly okay. because of your kids. I have not been able to sit through a Netflix movie probably in the last year because I typically will watch them at night with my husband in our bed. Yeah. And really, I just want to be sleeping. Right. So nothing holds my attention enough. But this movie did. It is called The Founder. Okay. Have you heard of it? Oh, maybe. Okay. Remind me. So it's about Ray Kroc, the guy who franchised McDonald's all across I saw, America. I saw this written up somewhere. Okay. And it's okay. good. It's so good. Okay. And is it a documentary or is it fictionalized? Okay. It's fictionalized. Okay. It's dramatized. Right. So like a biopic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it is so good. I thought I went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to learn more about McDonald's. But really, the McDonald brothers kind of take a backseat. The okay. guys who actually founded McDonald's. Um. And really at the forefront is this guy, Ray Kroc, who 
I mean, it's just really interesting from a story perspective. It's interesting from a character perspective. Okay. It's so good. I'm going to add, I mean, Brian, Brian really always wants me to watch a movie. He loves movies. And I'm the same. I lost my attention span for movies like yes. when I had babies. Now, exactly. we, our kids sleep through the night and we do actually watch a lot of good TV now. But TV has sort of become my movies because we're always watching a good series or whatever. Okay. So now the problem isn't necessarily falling asleep. But just that I like all my shows too much. So Brian would watch, he would watch literally any movie because oh. he just wants me to get back into watching movies. So I'm okay. going to put that on our list. The yeah, Founder. The Founder. On Netflix. Okay. And then my success is, um, well, okay, so Luke is approaching a year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting a little reflective on, wow, I've made it a year with two kids and it's been quite a year. I mean, half the year I've felt like I've been just bailing water out of a sinking boat. <laughs> you know, if one thing's going well and we're afloat in one area of life, like definitely we're sinking in other areas of our lives. And moms, I know you can relate with that, I'm sure. Um, but I feel like before I had Luke, I was when I found out he was a boy, I was so scared of mothering a boy. Mm-hmm. I did not know what that would be like. And Sarah, I mean, you having the same gender order mm-hmm. as I did. I don't know how you felt about. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I was a boy. I don't think I felt that way. But that doesn't mean it's not normal. I just don't, that wasn't the thing that I latched onto. So okay, yeah. I just I remember just. I mean, I knew, you know, the love of a daughter and of course the relationship I had with my mom and that's what I knew. And I have a brother. It's not that I, and obviously a husband and I I know, (laughs) I know guys, but, um, but I don't know. There was just something about mothering a son that I was so scared about that there was just a foreignness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So um, I just feel like all of those anxieties were all for naught. Yeah. And here that. we are a year later. And yes, there are some things that um, my anxieties, I guess, were a little true. Like in terms yeah. of some of the things I was scared about were like the physicality of boys mm-hmm. and the later down the road roughhousing. Mm-hmm. And, and he definitely checks the boxes right. for that, right. that mega physicality. But I mean, it's nothing to be right. scared about. Yeah. Or I mean, you know, it's yeah. just so beautiful in yeah. so many ways. Aww. And um, I consider that a success. I do I've too. mothered a girl and a boy now. And for a whole year. And you survived your first year of two kids, mm-hmm. which is a major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, on that note, we will wrap up. You guys can head to the show notes for this episode and we'll link to anything we talked about. We didn't really just talked about car crying. And yeah. Yeah. You so, don't want to link to Luke's crying to play no, that on Luke. No, you, sure. heard, you all heard that already. So, <laughs> um, okay, you guys. Well, Katie will be back with us in a few weeks and we will talk then. Bye, Katie. Bye. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. 
That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. 